Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's been one hell of an off-season. Way too much has happened for us not to come back and do a podcast before Christmas. There's been plenty of inboxes, plenty of messages, lots of comments uh, on all socials, and Brock, it has been one hell of an off-season. There's been a fair bit going on. I haven't heard a thing. Because I've been off socials and I've been off my phone. So I've heard a few things via a couple of text messages, but for the most part, off socials, off the phone, it's been good. Well, so some of this will be filling me in as well. There's been a fair bit going on. In particular, uh, I think our last podcast, we spent a fair bit of time on what was upcoming for Parramatta. And there's been a lot going on in terms of signings, re-signings, people leaving the club, what direction they're heading. Uh, the Newcastle Knights, obviously... Mitchell Pearce now moving on, which is big for the club, where they transition to from there. The Bulldogs, you know, under before Gus got there, now Gus has got there. Signings are ready for the future. Players moving in, out. The flip over there. Uh, the Dolphins have definitely surprised some people so far. Not as active, I guess, as what people expected or thought they would have landed. A few more names um, than what they've had. The Storm haven't had the best offseason. A few more controversies in there used to dealing with, but there certainly hasn't been uh, any shortage. And for our Tigers fans, um, finally some positive lights by the looks of things with a few of the signing decisions they've made and the uh, direction they're heading. So a lot going on. Then for other clubs, some clubs have had absolutely no news and no news is good news in the NRL in the off-season. True that. So True that. Let's roll through. Let's rip into it. We'll get into some. I'll inform you as much as anyone. I guess we start off with probably the big one. And again, we spent a bit of time about this uh, when we did our season reviews in terms of targeting who they're looking to retain, keep, move on, premiership window, building towards it, keeping it open, what the direction is for the Parramatta Eels. And I think so far, most Parramatta fans that I've spoke to and I work with a couple and we know a couple are very frustrated. They apparently lowballed basically everyone they dealt with. Uh, and the only contract they've got over the line so far, realistically, is Clint Gutherson. And they've paid him similar around the same mark, which people would argue what his value is. I think we were pretty clear in our thoughts that what he was on was definitely enough, if not too much last time, but now an extension, close to $800,000 a year. Isaiah Papali'i, the first offer was 300000 for a guy who's 22 years old, was the back row of the year, probably their most effective and damaging player last year. Their second offer, again, was pretty low, and I think the Tigers come in straight away with what I'm not surprised is probably what he would have got on the open market. Um, and on their side of things, they obviously made a decision that he was better uh, for them long-term than Luciano Leilua, who wanted $700,000. So I think for the Tigers, it was a pretty good bit of business. But Papali, yeah, providing that he goes there and plays as well as he has at Parramatta in one season. Mm. It's one season. How often do we see players have a good season, move, and then probably don't live up to that salary? So it's a, you're walking a fine line. You're, you're not, it's not, not every deal that you feel as though is value ends up being value. I understand that. But I guess... Most of the time, when they have a good year, they also don't end up being the back row of the year. I'm not saying they get. No, no, I, I don't have a problem. Standard, I don't have a problem with yeah. the Tigers signing him at all. But, but I'm, all I'm saying is that not every one of these ends up a slam dunk success. Nah. So, 
you know, but from a Paramount might have seen some things that they didn't didn't love behind the scenes. Um, I know that he was sort of, you know, transitioning a little bit between middle and edge, and you know whether they had differences of opinion of, on where his future lay in terms of positional. Who knows? There might there might have been a whole heap of things. Money definitely a part of it. Like he'd be mad not to take that money if well, it's significantly more. You you can criticise the players all you want, but in the in the end they've got to look after themselves. Yeah. And he was on... He, what would he have been on? Well, 150, 200,000? He left the Warriors on a better deal to come here because he felt he needed to get out of New Zealand and have a new start and go somewhere else. So I think they said he was on yeah. probably mid-ones, which is well under. And was it only a one-year deal? It was, he's got this year to run as well. It's two-year oh, deal. Two year deal yeah. But the other thing that was part of it, we spoke about this middle this last year. This is the part I, I just... I, I cannot understand that how we've got a system where... A player can sign somewhere else and then play a whole other season with. But this is the argument. There's no ridiculous. no one's got a, a, a resolution. Well, the resolution is go to the NFL NBA system. Well, Simple. if you go to that though, and a player gets injured, then the club has all the power. So it's this well, is the bad luck. the two way of it. People say, well, the clubs have too much power. The players have too much power. Where is the balance? If you sign twelve yeah, months out get, and you've been playing yeah, okay. good football, you're entitled to cash in on that. But what if you play good for three years, do your ACL, then everyone lowballs you like you're in a yeah, but that's sport. Know, that's professional yeah, well, sport. This is the argument, though, from the players. Well, the players' the association. Got now is, it's ridiculous. Mm. I don't it's think anyone's ever going to be happy. People bring up a draft; it doesn't work. That means you. Well, have draft to doesn't work because we don't have segregated development. Exactly, development yeah. happens with the clubs. If you want a draft, you need to take development away from the clubs. away from the clubs. Yeah, you need to have That's reserve grade, a reserve grade, and a first grade. So have have a squad of fifty, and that's it, basically. Mm. We've got still got enough things in the NRL that we think aren't handled well enough yet yeah, for them. But I don't think the, the, draft, the draft isn't doesn't have to be connected to free agency. No, I'm you, just you saying you can have free that. agency and you know allow the players to move to go the, fairly freely. Like you know, in America, they they get tapped on the shoulder. They're in a different city playing for a different team. Yeah, we just have a different day. setup though. Like, we don't have the farm system, the college system. It's just not even close. No, I'm talking to being about the same. in in the professional competitions. Yeah. But again, you need to centralise all development to the NRL. No, you wouldn't. And the not state for, not to have free agency, would it? Not for free agency. I'm talking about the draft. Anytime yeah, someone like, brings the draft, forget the draft. Up, it's never you can't, you can't, we're not talking about the draft. We're talking happen. about the fact that we've got players that have signed. Yeah. At, for example, in this this case, at the Tigers, who are then going to play for the Eels next year. I'm not sure. I don't know how the Eels fans sort of like. Do you get? Obviously, you're going to get behind him because he's going to be wearing your jersey, but. You know, um, if he plays poorly, you're thinking, well, thank God. I guess If though, he plays well, you're thinking, God, we should have given him more. We see the other side up there. Like, Adam Reynolds was leaving, handles his business, gets to a grand final. Uh, Kate Well... Yeah, but he didn't do it a year in advance. And a few of the Panthers players, well, still in the last year of his deal. Like, the club last made him an offer. Last year of his deal, fine. That, yeah, that's been happening forever. It may not have been right It's not the same season. principle at all. But they made him an offer. He didn't want the offer. Well, it's not the same principle in that he's... They're signing in October to play for another club in 18 months' time. I, yeah, anyway, move on. We're yeah. going around in circles. Well, like I said, no one's, I don't think anyone's ever going to be satisfied with that system, but the bigger argument, again, would be between clubs and players, something that's beneficial to both sides. But that's not the only one. Murata Niakore, uh, he's going back to the Warriors, got a long-term deal. This one, for me, is a bit more understandable when I hear the price Straight tag. away? Is he going straight away or is he going... No, but the price tag, this one I can sort of understand. That's what I mean. Like I think you need to we need to make sure that we articulate whether they're going this year or next year. Well, none of them are going this year, but they've all signed. Reed Marnie's good luck. Now confirmed at the Bulldogs. Similar deal again, but still a year to run at Parramatta. Come in pretty low. Bulldogs come in basically right around the mark. They up their offer a little bit. Still not quite on the money. 
some have argued the Bulldogs have paid too much. Others would say, again, that Parramatta were off the mark. Their initial offer was apparently similar again, about 300000 which is, you know, I think that's well under for a nine in a market that's pretty slim. Yeah, I, I, they come I up tend to sort of agree with whether it was Brad Arthur or whether it, whether it was the football manager. Like, I, I don't I don't love Reid Mahoney, but... He's worth more than 300000 I agree. That, I agree with that. But the, the issue I've got with it is who's taking his place? Well, exactly. That's the point. That's like, that's that's the problem. This I is the argument about halves, though. Like people go, why are these halves with so much money? There's bugger all halves. Like, the market itself's inflated because you need one. That's my only issue with it. Like, if they, they feel as though what he got at the dogs is over, is that, that's cool. But well, you, you want to make sure you've got someone there to take his spot that's going to be just as good or if not better. Dogs deals reportedly about 600 for a nine. <sighs> yeah. So I, I, thought, I think that's about right. I, I thought minimum for the Eels, I would have been comfortable with that 5 five fifty. But apparently they got up to 450 and that was their final offer. Less Apparently. years, less money. Yeah. And this is part of the problem for Brad Arthur. And again, it's not a lot publicly, but we spoke about this last time as well, about internally they need to do better. They have this panel with, I think, two blokes on the board, Mark O'Neill and Brad Arthur. So everything is slower. Everything goes through this system. They seem to have a real... Yeah, but Penrith have the same thing. Yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne clearly a similar... You can't setup. tell me Ivan doesn't have a little bit more freedom or Bellamy doesn't have a little more freedom to action things than Brad Arthur. Maybe now they do. Well, but they, I wouldn't think so. Right. I, Ivan under... Ivan didn't go back to Penrith to be Ivan dictated under, to. Ivan under Gus didn't. No, nah, but when he went back to Penrith, he didn't go back to be dictated to. He cleaned out yeah, that squad the still, first the, year. The, club, the, the clubs have got a responsibility to make sure that they're yeah. looking after the long term. But and, when it's you know this sort of system where yeah. it's all even share and you're the coach and you're long-term invested and things either move slowly or but you this feel... Is, the problem is, is that Arthur hasn't really won anything. That that's the I issue. That. Like if he if he'd won a cup, he'd have cup. Like. He took them through the dark, got them no, a consistent I, I, I top four team. My point is like you, you're a coach. You're the you're the one out of us two. If anything's ever gonna happen, you're gonna be a coach. Wouldn't it frustrate the shit out of you when you constantly feel like you're just on the precipice or you're being restricted? Like Parramatta had this decision here with ten, eleven players off contract where they were gonna have to make a hard call, but you can't have a set value on everyone because the market doesn't let you do that. You can't just walk in and go, well, this guy's worth yeah, three you're also, or this position you're also worth three. That it's a numerical thing. Like it's not always well, a numerical thing. Going by the offers, they've clearly yeah. and again, I I can't figure. But it if out. you look at the twenty twenty, like, like look at the signings that Parramatta have got for twenty twenty three, compared to what the Bulldogs have managed to do in the last twelve months, like I can see why uh, Mahoney's sort of going. Well, I'll go there. They've signed a stack of players. Gus has gone there. Um, yeah, but even for Parramatta, like, what are you, what are you building towards? What are you doing? No, I agree. You've got that. these guys. He's probably, he's probably seen the writing on the wall. Go, well, guys are leaving. We've sort of. He might feel as though they're they're going to now come down the mountain a little bit but before I, they're going to make another run. I'm more like I'm saying that the value, like how you land on eight hundred thousand again for Gutherson. You paid Moses eight hundred thousand plus again. Yet you don't value your What's nine, or you don't value some of these forwards. Paulo's getting a reportedly a huge offer from the Dolphins now. People are talking. Well, what would he be able to pay? Oh, probably six hundred or so now. But they're talking. He's going Campbell to be getting. Gillard will be able to say. Well, the Campbell Gillard deal that got redone. People are touting that one because they're saying, "Well, Penrith's still paying for the next two years." I'm like, "Well, they are," but they've also taken responsibility now for the extra year on the back end, which is all Parramatta. It's close to seven hundred fifty thousand mm. dollars. Like it's maybe maybe for the next two years you get the bit of value, it's but he's money. sort of called their bluff by saying, "I'm going to market" because he had the player option. They've added the extra year on the end to keep the next two years where Penrith's paying the majority of it, thinking, oh, well, in the third year, we'll just cop it on the chin. But who's to say, again, if that third year comes around, he's playing 
to the standard of a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar wage. Mm. Junior Paulo, same deal now. Obviously, he wants huge money. The original talk was seven eight hundred thousand. He's not signed there, but the Bulldogs are apparently shuffling the decks again to try and see what they can do. Uh, the Dolphins are coming in there, so this is what I'm sort of looking at. Like all these guys, where we said they're going to have to make a decision on probably four or five, the few that I really would have wanted to have keep, they've let go. They've valued Gutherson highly enough to pay him big money again, and I'm just sort of here scratching my head going, well, who are you bringing in? Like, they signed Hodgson from Canberra, who comes off an ACL, doesn't have now, the greatest year last year. No, not until next year. And he's now going to be 33, 34 next year in a style of game year, that has sort of gone away from him. 2023, yeah? Yeah, I get that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, the game... Jeez, yeah. the game looks like we're passing light this season. now they're talking about Tarek Sims. So, again, you're letting Papali'i go. Sims is getting pushed out of there. He's going to be another year older. You know, his New South Wales form was great, but his overall season for the Dragons and his age and his injury history, again, mm. I don't quite understand what they're doing. Me either. I don't get it. Um, what would they have paid Hodgson? You'd think at least half of what he was on. He's reportedly 900000 right now at Canberra. So I, mm. I wouldn't think they would have got him for any less than four fifty five hundred. Mm. which, again, Marnie's younger, age, developed. Like I'd look at that side again going, there's a 10-year age difference. So yeah, I, I understand that. In a slim I, and I agree with that. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't swap uh, Mahoney for not this point Hodgson, in his career. No way in the world. But I'm just and if, that's that's the, the issue I have with it. And the Parramatta fans, like you said, rightfully so, are, are frustrated. And then you look at what they've got left over. Like Oregon's not going to be huge money, but he's going to get a bet money than what he's on right now. Opacek, you know, that's not something you're fighting over. Madison now they might have to put a little more thought into. He's got had a bad history of concussions and injury. But considering what they've let go at the door, like they've let two guys go that played back row for them. Um, well, Madison's you know, he's got to start the back row. Every so, day. like I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit confused. And knowing what's sort of there internally, at this point in time, the good group of kids that have sort of come through right now, Lozo, Russell, his son Arthur, Penasini, they've got a lot of OBs sort of coming through, but I don't see a hell of a lot of forwards. I know a young kid, Jock Brazell, like he just got picked for Australian school boys, but he's 18. So he's not playing for you in the next 12 months. They've got a few there. They just signed Lachlan Blackburn from Penrith, who's another Australian schoolboy, but again, 18 years old. They're not instant replacements to say, yeah. yeah. So right now, if you said, we go 12 months into the future, who have we got? It's Sean Lane, and if they keep Madison, that's your back row. Not Murata, not Papali'i. You don't know if you've got Paulo. You don't have Reid Marnie. And Dylan Brown's also another one. Again, in a market, whether you like what happened last year or not, you've got to remember, he's literally 20 years old. He's got a player option. He still may not be there. Yeah. So, for Parramatta, um, I think, to me, they made some poor decisions. And if the recruitment is now getting a 34-year-old hooker and a potentially 33-year-old backer, and that's sort of the way you're going moving forward. Um, but the decisions will also hedge on how these guys play. Yeah. And how they how they go when they move to their, their clubs. It's, it doesn't matter where you pick. doesn't matter when you picked. Doesn't matter how much you're and they've paid, made what matters is how you play. One instant signing for this year. Once Kotrick was released to go back to Canberra, they got Bailey Simonson. Mm. And I think that sort of move and the young kids they've got are leading to me thinking Mike Acevo's not going to be there either beyond this year. He took an under sort of deal last time. I, like to be honest, he's a winger. <laughs> we watch junior football. There's a lot of good young wingers, like guys you can get for cheaper. We've seen Melbourne do it a few times, we've seen other clubs do it. Sebo's going to get huge money to probably play European rugby or something else like a lot yeah. of those guys do. You're not going to pay those to keep Micah, um, realistically. So I think Parramatta's going to look very different in 12 months' time once the 22, 2022 season goes. And how they play next year is going to be more interesting. Brad Arthur That's was my, yeah. pretty solid in the media in saying that these guys are committed. 
we want to win a comp. We're well, going to we'll come see. together. It's the last ride. But yeah, we, okay. we will what see. What matters is how they play. As more of these guys uh, make their decisions. But yeah, some some more to come with Paulo, Madison, Opacek, Oregon, Dylan Brown, and his option. Um, and Ray Stone, obviously a lesser known piece, but someone they used at the back end of the year. He was the second announced signing for the Dolphins. So he's moving on. Mm. Uh, speaking of the Dolphins, a lot less activity than what people probably expected from a new club. And that was part of the question when they were introduced. Some said, is 12 months enough time? Yeah, I don't think it is. And I, don't think I looked at it. Years. A lot of people also probably underestimated what managers do and clubs do. You use them for leverage in this position, which has happened with a lot of guys who... Yeah. were linked like the Campbell Gillard one's prime example deny the player option so I'm interested going starting with that new franchise next minute bang extra year on top locked in uh, Carrigan and a few others de- delayed their talks and were linked next minute big deal with their club Brent Smith obviously was up there Coruscant was linked lots of guys were linked Cody Walker you, you name it there's been a million people linked the first big fish they sort of landed Felice Cafusi like good veteran signing good if you're going to get a group together but again in terms of what you're looking to build. You think it is best footies behind him. Yeah. By yeah. the time he gets there, again, 31, 32, back rower, it's not a spine position. It's not a prop. It's not one of those ones where you're sitting there straight away. He's also, he's he's a good back rower in a block-block system, in a structured game. Yeah. He's not, not, he's a, not a back rower you can throw the ball to and he's going to do no. something for you. And that's where I think the game's going to be going. I so think... His leg speed isn't great. He runs a good... He runs a good line. Great defensively. But just his catch pass. Yeah, defensively, hubs. he's fantastic. So, but... again, it depends on what you're sort of looking to build. Yeah. I, I, I sort of think instantly It also now, depends on getting all the money. Just looking at the player market, I think their first 12 months is going to be a struggle. Yeah. Because looking at what's it's already gone too. and how to look today, what's on the market, there's not a whole lot there. Like, let's not kid ourselves. We talk about the system being a bit of a joke. There's going to be guys push their way out of their clubs. There'll be a few people this year, I have no doubt, that'll end up leaving where they are to go up yeah. there. That'll happen. Yeah, um, I've already said I had one the other day and I don't know why this sort of come to me but I looked at I looked at Ben Hunt at the Dragons and I think as well as he's played and with a couple of years left I just sort of started to get the feel the last I don't know 12 to 18 months that maybe he needs a change of scenery maybe someone like him going back to Queensland and playing for a club like that I, I don't know if that would be of interest to him but I don't know I, I see somebody like that I'm a marquee Queenslander at a club Bennett. who potentially goes yep yeah, alright I'm yeah. He, yeah, he played excellent footy on the way better. Mm. And I, that was one of the first names I kind of looked at thinking, Queenslander, long-term deal, who's at a club, who they might go, okay, you come here. That's someone that in my head I looked at and thought, that's one I could see somehow some agreement being made. I know he's got big money left and another 12 months on top, but maybe he goes 12 months early and signs a couple of year deal to go to a new club. I, yeah. I don't know, but looking around, yeah, they've, they've missed out on a lot. They're talking to Paulo currently. Um, again, what sort of price tag you pay, I don't know. They, Like we said, they're in that hooker market heavily. All those guys basically have gone out. Brandon Smith, Reed Marnie, Arpi Coruscant. Um, you realistically, like we said, looking for a spine piece to start with. Yeah. And so far, you've got Ray Stone, who's basically a squad player, and you've got Felice Cafusi. Yeah. Um, out of what's available, I look today, first few names that jumped out to me. There's one I can't believe he hasn't re-signed with the Broncos yet, or they're not pushing hard on it. I don't think you have to break the bank for him, but how Herbie Farnworth hasn't been extended yet or stolen God. is beyond me. Yeah. From the Dolphins, it's not a huge signing, but there's not a lot of great centers. I think it's and I think I can get him for good money. I'd be on to Herbie Farnworth right now. Like, yeah. I don't know. What would you say is fair? I reckon you get Herbie 400. for three years, 400. I was about to say the exact same thing. 
I reckon you should get I'd be wrapped having 400. So that's one I popped up straight away. Another one that interests me just purely because of what happened last year where the club's at and knowing he's got a player option. Jack Whiten is t- testing the market first before taking his player option. He was, in all honesty, I hate to say he was terrible last year. The club was in a bad way. There was a lot of infighting. Wayne Bennett seems to be the best at, again, getting these guys to lift. Somebody like that would not surprise me. Again, a push or mm. get out yeah. early. Terribly. He, he certainly missed George Williams. Um, I think Wayne he Bennett... He just doesn't get enough early ball. Like, nah, I think... That's why the, I think the part of that is you know, why Hodgson's been moved on or why that's not sort of working. But just the unrest at the club too. Like last year yeah, was get constant he's, back he's and a ball forth, runner. You know? He's not a ball yeah. player. So he needs you to give him early ball and let him run. But he, he rarely got ball, A, on the back of a quick play the ball and B, early. Yeah, so he's got an option. There's other guys with options I looked at to see who was out there. One that I think is a bona fide guarantee, I said this to you straight away, all stars align, Matt Lodge. He brought him back to Brisbane. He signed a long-term deal with the Warriors, and I was like, oh, my God, that's a long deal. But there's a player option immediately for next year. He, O'Sullivan's his father-in-law. He's gone to the Dolphins. If he's not at the Dolphins next year, I'm not here. He will be playing for the Dolphins 100% after this season. So I reckon that one, you can you can put that in the bank right now that Matt Lodge is at the Redcliffe Dolphins with Wayne, who brought him back, and his father-in-law. Interesting. That one I can almost slam dunk. People have said Ponga and then paying something up to like $1.5 million. Like, Christ, if you're starting a club, no offence, I love Caelan Ponga, but he's not worth $1.5 million. No. You need a marquee, but that's just stupid. Um, Frizzell, he's got a player option. I, I don't see that one. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, there really wasn't a lot. I looked at a couple of sort of Wayne guys that I sort of thought in my head, like he's he's the sort of person that might take a Corey Oates who's had a couple of bad years on a cheap deal and take him with him or try and poach a couple of the Brisbane or the South guys that are younger or, you know, less game time and sort of take a few into the squad with him. Hooker was one that I looked at again and thought, that market's so slim. The only real name that stood out to me, Tommy Starling, he's in trouble right now at Canberra, but they've already lost Hodgson. They were trying to do a deal. That's sort of now in limbo. Yeah. I can sort of maybe see them poking their nose in there and trying to upset the apple cart. So Canberra's potentially no Hodgson. And then if Starling is, you know, found on it, not guilty or comes off scot-free... He's going to get lots of interest on the market. It's a slim position. Mm. So, I, I don't know. There, there wasn't a whole lot that stood out to me. There was Herbie was one of the first names. Remus at Melbourne's going to be off. A couple of young forwards. Tommy Gilbert at the Cowboys. Lukey, I, I could see him poaching. Someone like that, like for his squad. But, yeah, I really think it's going to be a busy year where we see maybe a name like, I'm throwing one out there, like a Ben Hunt or a couple of expat Queenslanders at clubs that potentially seek a way to go up mm. there and play for the Dolphins. But, yeah. Hasn't been the fast start that a lot of people expected. Heaps of people thought November 1, first few days, it's just going to be bang, bang, bang. They're going to be getting maybe Brandon Smith or a big half. And, you know, there was talk about them being linked to Jerome Hughes, which got a hell of a run, but he's not off contract for Melbourne for two more years. Yeah. They made a big hullabaloo. Oh, he denied a player option. He denied a player option for three years' time because he's just had an outstanding season, one player of the year, New Zealand player of the year. And he's obviously signaled his intention that in the two years that it had come, He's obviously going to see his deal out. Yeah. But he's definitely denying that other option because come that time, he's going to want to get paid a little bit more. So, you know. So they call it a player option. Going to be very, very interesting. But um, I think they're definitely going to be busy. The other thing I thought was he's been the English coach. He might have some knowledge of a couple of guys over there. But as we've spoken about, that competition's obviously not quite what it was a few years ago. So I don't really know if that's somewhere that he might fish to try and get a couple of guys or bring some young guys back. Yeah, but, potentially. Yeah, I think the first year might be, uh, yeah. Bit of a struggle on that side of things. But the Bulldogs, they're the other big one. Huge off-season. 
Lots of guys coming in. The movement hasn't stopped. The talk's been constant. Gus gets in the hot seat. We see Burns come along late after the back end of the season to join Brent Naden, Matt Dufty, Matt Burton, Pungai Jr., Paul Vaughan, Josh Adokar. They had a sneaky signing that I like in terms of a position that I don't mind who they have, Marshall King, who's solid, but again, long-term. Uh, you know, he, he's a good stopgap sort of player right now. He's definitely a first grader. But they got Josh Cook from South, who was touted as the next sort of nine, played all the junior reps coming through, has a shoulder reconstruction, then Mamazulos sort of pops up. So they've made the decision that Cook's obviously going to be there a bit longer. Maybe this guy's not going to be ready to play in the next two or three years because we've got Damien. We push him out and we stick with Mamazulos because he'll be ready. So I think they've got somebody there who's had ticked a lot of boxes coming through. He might play off the bench to start, but uh, he's one to sort of look at. We've seen them linked to a million players. The talk about Allen, Flanagan trying to move guys on to make salary cap room, which they need to, because after the Kikiao and Marnie signings, it was well reported that they were, you know, eight players still to fill in for next year with only a couple hundred thousand dollars. So there's, there's going to be plenty more happening at the Bulldogs this year. Um, 100%. Yeah. But I like the Marnie signing. I think, again, they might have paid a little bit overs, but they've gone for a key position, which is definitely. Something they need to address. You've got Burton. You've got Marnie coming. Still not sold on who the halves partner is or Dufty is your one. So there's still some work to do there. But the kick out one to me makes zero sense. $800,000 for a back rower. To me, that that's cream on a cake. That's not bread and butter. I really don't understand that it's, one. It's going to depend on how he plays. He, yeah, he's going to have to play really, really well. And for 800000 he needs to be the value. best back rower on the comp. Yeah, essentially. And week to week. Or in the top ten. He biggest criticism for him. three players every week. Yeah. So like for that money, you got to... Gus always says it. you got to influence results. You exactly. want your top-end money, you got to be uh, influencing results. Well, it's the same conversation we had about the Fafita thing. I know there was other things attached to it at the time, but if you're going to get paid that sort of money, you yeah. need to be best on field or well, but getting the thing wins. Is he, and... he did influence results. Top try scorer influenced results, but the team overall didn't play great. Mm. So hopefully... Kikau's got some more troops around him to help him succeed once he gets there. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure he'd have much of an impact going there now. But well, again, like, you think at Penrith, what's inside of him, the go forward, the halves, the hook, the spine. Like, yeah. That's why I'm sort of sitting here going, this to me is, it's, it's cream by. It's sort of like what it's they've like, done this year. You look at them this year, and I think the forward pack's pretty good, the upgrades they've got, and it's nice to have the Fox and some of these outside backs and that. But I look at Burton and think, I love Burton, but is he going to play this well without Nathan, without Arpy? without, you know, as much help around him. He's, well, again, he's, he's going to be heavily relied on this season. We'll see. But my number one goal if I'm the Bulldogs would have been to get Marnie and get one other spine piece in there that I sit there and go, all right, we probably tick three of the four boxes along with a decent forward pack to move forward next year. Like, at the moment, if it's still him and Marnie, I know they tried Avrilo at seven last year. I still think Avrilo's better as a centre or one. I don't think he's a natural half. I don't think he's an organiser. He's a ball runner. Um, you know, Wakeham and a few of the other guys we've seen, like they're solid first graders, but they're more squad players, let's be honest. Dufty, great in open space, great on the front foot, great attacking inside 20, poor in yardage, poor under the high ball, crab sideways, you know, if it's shape where inside hasn't sort of been held up or there's not a whole lot, there's a lot of holes in his game you could pick. I, I just sort of thought, you know, the, the Marnie one's sort of on the money, but the, the kick out one seems like the sort of buy you make when you're moving into a premiership window or you think, you know, we need a big, big sort of signing. I thought they would have more yeah. push for spine players. But what do you think about the moves they've made? Do you see dramatic improvement with so much turnover and roster? Oh, they'll definitely improve. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think no, they no, can no, push no. for the eight, though? Or do you think they're still deficient? Well, it's not so much about whether they can push for the eight. It's more about who's coming out of the eight. 
Um, I, I'd probably say, I from say Newcastle, and that's about the only team well, I think Newcastle right now. Newcastle didn't make the eight, did they? I, I think they missed yeah. out. Them, Cronulla they and the Titans were were fighting it out, were they? I'm, no, I'm pretty sure Newcastle missed out. You sure? I thought they got in. Well, maybe they did. Oh, yeah, they played Parramatta first week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think definitely Newcastle are going out. Well, take Pierce out, and that's take Pierce out, going to come got, out. Like, yeah. That's huge. But I, Good luck. Great signings, but again, like Fox, Naden, Burns, like you've got speed. No, I don't think the dogs are making the eight. I think they'll move to, yeah, from ninth to 12th, mm. somewhere in there. I think if they finish 12th, Move four positions up the table. I think that's that'd be a win. Thompson's impact last year solo, now joined by hopefully a motivated Vaughan. Hetherington looked good at the back end, if not suspended. Pungai, if he's in his best form, but we've said his whole career, I, I couldn't justify the price tag they paid him considering how many times he's you know been yeah, touted. You talk about all the pieces they've got, they're missing an all and they're missing some halves. Well, the other thing as well fullback. for me, for all the flash, are they going to be a tough team? There's a lot of flash players, a lot of impact players, a lot of yeah. guys that have gone on the attacking side of the ball. I'm still sitting there the other day thinking to myself, well, I don't classify Pengai as a, a great defender. I don't classify a lot of these guys as, you know, originally tough, gritty, defensive-style players. Like, they, might, I think they're definitely going to improve on the attacking side of the ball. They're definitely going to punch a hole in some teams, but also on the flip side yeah. of that, I look at Burton and think you're going to be relied upon for a hell of a lot of the attacking direction. Yeah. And the kicking, which is something he didn't have to do at Pennant. I don't see Flanagan get much time in grade. I don't know. Like Marshall King's steady and he'll do his job there. Dufty, like I said, he's the threat when you go forward and get inside 20. But Burton's going to be relied upon for a hell of a lot this year. Yeah. He's going to earn every dollar. So lots of good signs there. And they're obviously making a move towards 2023. But yeah, I'll be also interested to see, you know, that Allen deal was terrible. Kotrick's definitely someone you can offload. And Canberra got him back for probably close to what they were looking to get for. I'm sure the dogs have to chip in at least 150, 200. Um, but Allen on half a million dollars, no one's touching that. Flanagan's got another year to run after this. I don't see where that ends. I don't think clubs after the Roosters well, the and now the can, Bulldogs. You can be selling players all you want, but there needs to be a market. Needs to be a market. And yeah, you also need to offload enough of the cap space to justify the move. So yeah. they've got moves to make. There's no doubt about that. And in terms of what is off contract for them, there's no one really on huge money that's going out the door. So yeah. for the signings they've already landed, they've got a hell of a lot of work to do to try and get Gus there. Gus will work it out. I'm sure he will, but I don't want to be that person, but I said it. The last few signings he made at Penrith were all terrible. The Wonga Blake deal, the Campbell Gillard deal, the Egan deal, they were the first deals that were pushed off by the club and Ivan to get in Toto and all the younger guys, Crichton, have that year of pain to lend land in that sort of window. So... I know he's come out swinging early, but let's hope these signings or huge money for kickout, etc., and that don't land him in a similar position again. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, but where we going through? We've gone the Eels, the Dogs, the Dolphins, the Tigers. Uh, finally, some good news, sort of, for the Tigers. It ended in an absolute shambles. One minute, Madge looked like he was gone. The board did a review on everyone except the guys that were half the culprits of a lot of the issues at the club. Sheens gets there. They apparently had a written statement and were prepared to fire him. Six hours later, they changed their mind. He ends up staying. They've cleaned out the assistant coaches. They've had a bit of a, a reshape in the staff. Um, and then with somebody there with a little bit of clout and a little bit of smart, so I think they've made two good moves so far. And, you know, they haven't been dictated to. Like Luciano's camp apparently was looking for 700000 plus. They were basically didn't even entertain that. Yeah. He's now trying to push to go out. North Queensland have happily paid that, which I think is a mistake. If you told me tomorrow, Luciano or Papali'i, 750 or 600 for what you've seen and what you've 
get out of the two. I had Tate Papa Lee every day of the week without question. I think Luciano is a very good attacking player, but I think he's a one-way player. Based on what we saw last year, I'm, I'm with you. Mm. So that one, the RP Coruscant move again, addressing an area of need, finally getting a sort of a spine player. He put to sleep the Brooks talk. We were everyone saying they were going to move him on. I've said it before, and I'm not going to a great amount of depth. I don't think Brooks is the problem. I think Brooks is a symptom of the situation. Like, how, how could you really flourish in that environment again with no help, having a new coach every 12 to 18 months? Like, it's just... To me, he's a guy that I actually really wish would leave the club or could get out of that club because I'd actually like to see him play somewhere with a bit of stability or maybe a couple of guys around him that I think could help him. I honestly think he's almost at a point now where he's... Do you think he's had no coach help him in eight years? I'm not so much the coach. Like, this whole situation. Yeah. You right. can't tell me... Well, let's put it this way. When's the one time they had a little bit of stability, a couple of positive moves and some good coaching? Tigers fans will hate me saying it, but the year that Ivan was there, they were awfully competitive. They got a couple of guys in. They started off really good. They got some injuries. They didn't know they're, they're not getting good coaching. They missed match. out, and then he was the halfback of the year. He hasn't played well since. You can't tell me they're not, not getting, saying good, they're not just getting good coaching. I'm talking yeah. the whole environment, the players, the club. Imagine, how many years has Madge been there now? Three? Hmm. That's stability. I just think the place is, yeah, not conducive. The to... issue is, is they can't they can't pull marquee players. Exactly, but you need more. That's the issue. You can't put everything on a halfback. You need a forward pack to go that. forward. You I, need somebody at nine to give you good service. You need a good foot. Like, how much help she had around? This year, when Dewey went in there, they definitely were a bit better off as a halves pairing. But I think, again, that the best coaching, the best situation, the most stability they had is when Ivan first got there. But Obviously, is he, is he, he an elite off. player? Brooks. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's an elite player, but yeah. I'd still want to see him in at least a stable environment. So the question would be, I think that they've all been stable enough. The one time I thought things looked like they were stable it's and always. Someone make an excuse for him. All right. Well, when, when he was linked to Newcastle, I was hoping it was going to happen because I thought this yeah. would finally sort of put things to bed. Braley, Ponga, the Savides, Frizzell, Barnett, still won't happen. forward pack. Still won't happen. I, I really would have liked to have seen it, but overall for the Tigers, do you like this, what Sheens has sort of brought in so far? It seems like he, things have calmed down. Yeah. He's gone after a couple of key players. They've made a decision on Coruscant, who's probably... A pretty good decision for them. Like, Little's not a long-term option. Simpkin's still developing. Um, they're trying to address... I don't, yeah, things. I don't love the Coruscant deal, depending on how much they've paid him. Well, I think it's Just, said to be about Again, it's another 18 years, months in advance. Third year's an option. He's probably played his best footy at Penrith. Is I it a retirement deal? Enough. I don't know. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't love it. Well, two of those, I think... But again, like, is he better than Little? Right now, yes. Oh, in 18 months' time. I don't think Little's going to we'll suddenly turn an RP chorus. No, no, no. I, I understand that. But is Appy going to be playing to the same level? I think keeping Simpkin, I would, to get him behind him or to keep developing him. He's young, got a bit more to him. I think Little, between injuries, now been in grade for four or five years, to me, again, looks like a squad player. Or maybe a bench sort of hooker. I don't look at him and think he's an 80-minute every single week, out-and-out out nine. I think defensively, in particular, not strong enough, not consistent enough. But for the moves they've made so far, the decision to move on Leilua, a lot of guys that are going to be off contract this year, I think we can expect a lot more movement. And then the other positive is, similar to when we were there a couple of years ago, some stability in that sort of pathway. They've got through a Brendan Tumith, they've got through a Justin Matamur, that sort of thing that we talked about that was missing. That needs to continue. Yeah, Those sort of guys need to filter up because they can't always they've, be looking to get them They've got them there. They just need to keep them. Yeah. 
So it looks like they've finally got a few close to the dance. It's whether they can keep them there and get them in there's a grade There's a stuck now. to a first grade processes this year, which yeah. is good. Brandon Mansfield, the hooker, is Rua, I can't pronounce Gata, his yeah. last name. Um, yeah, Justin Matamua, Alessomi Sakaru, Brendan Tumuth. They've, they've finally got a group through, and it's been that three or four years to get sort of these guys to that point. So some of them now need to turn into long-term first graders. Yeah. And as we spoke about Penrith and these other clubs, you get those guys through... Then you don't have to go to market and start off three, four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand to poach or get somebody. You can do things like buy a Coruscant or fill a need or get a Papali and go. Oh, we need that, but we've also got this group coming through on these positions or here that we know we're going to be able to drip feed through and pay this and plan a couple of years ahead, yeah. rather than doing what they've done the last few years, which is essentially be linked to every single person in the market in every key position constantly. And like the Detroit Mitchell thing, everyone goes, well, they offered him the most money. Well, clearly the money and the situation wasn't good enough because he didn't care that he was going to get offered $1.1 million. He didn't want to go play for the West Tigers. So fingers crossed for Madge that this introduction of Sheens brings a bit more stability. He can just worry purely about football. And fingers crossed for them, they have a good enough year and they don't stick the knife in the back. That's the only question I have. Is he going to be there in 12 months' time? Are they going to let him, as they've sort of said, get these guys, work their way through, and sort of, I'm not saying they're riding off next year, but they're not pushing to get these guys a year early. That was the first thing that was brought up where they push. It was no. Focus on 2022, go to market, work through our squad, keep working with these young guys and build towards something. So I'll be interested to see if he's still there come the year yeah. after when we're going to introduce, you know, a couple of big names. So if you're a Tigers fan out there, I think uh, hopefully starting to see some positives. But moving on, uh, we go to another club, the Roosters. And I think we spoke about it sort of at the back end of the review and it'll be a more in-depth thing when we come around to pre-season time because there's a lot to happen between now and then. But I said it then, I'll say it again now. I really think what they did last year, the development of the guys at the back end of their squad, accelerating the development of a couple of guys, the young forwards or outside backs that they weren't planning on having in the mix for probably... 12 to 18 months, and then their losses per se, which have been listed as, you know, Friend, Cordner, the Morrises, like those guys were done after the first four or five rounds. They'd already moved on, blooded those other guys and got them in. The moves they've made, the players they're getting back, the development of a Walker, you get Kiri back, how Tedesco's game evolved in that situation, how Manu's game evolved in that situation, adding in a 14 like Connor Watson, who I think is one of the best bench players or impact guys that can cover lots of roles. I think he'll share... Maybe some time at nine with Verrills, who looked very good in the grand final year, but it's obviously been very injury-prone since then, had some issues. They've now got Brandon Smith yeah, I locked away be, for I the year. I think they're favourite to win it. I, I really think moving into this year, I know, I know Brandon Smith's not there, but like even like the Momorowski move, just smart. Like They've got a couple of really good outside backs. We know about Aswali, the two twins we talked about, the Torfer Graham twins, but... To go get Momorowski, who's been moved around everywhere the last few years, three years, he's played six, one, fullback, all these positions. He can kick goals. He wins a comp finally last year and gets his crack at Penrith. They bring him back on 300k because they've got room. You've now got him and Manu each side of the field. You're going to have Tupo outside on the left still. They've got the option of Sawali, one of the young twins, to put outside Momorowski on the right, who's a more a traditional catch-pass type of centre, good hands, good defender, solid in that area. Teddy now has to probably contribute less, but has expanded that role. you got Kiri to go back with Walker, who I know flattened out a bit at the back end of the year, but with that extra help around him, that bit more stability, 
Satili getting a full season under his belt. Jared hopefully staying healthy along with Tokiara. They get Collins back. Egan Butcher at the back end of the year looked really good. They get a Tony from the Bulldogs, so I think it's another great guy to put in your rotation. I think healthy, and that's the big key, which hit them the last two years in a bad way, especially last year. They're a real threat straight away. Yeah, they are. No doubt. And the big fish for the year after, which is probably signaling the intention, which now Verrills has linked to a lot of clubs, is then they get Brandon Smith 12 months later. Yeah. So Huge sorry. That, to go along with, like we said, all those young guys we saw, like Nafahu, White, Tukapua, they were playing SG ball 12 months ago. Last year, they're doing a pre-season, probably hoping to maybe get you know, a season of cup under the belt or play some flag. They play first grade. Fletcher Baker plays first grade. Yeah, well, they spent the year developing players. We went through that in the, the review. Really good situation. Review. And then a few key ads. So. Absolutely. Um, and throw Brandon Smith on top of it and all those guys returning. That's, mm. yeah. I, he may be 12 months away, but... Single figures for the premiership, but they deserve to be. I think, uh, yeah, straight back in a strong position. So, great off-season. they can stay fit. Yeah, great off-season for them. Great development last year. Um, they're definitely going to be a hell of a threat, that's for sure. And good news in those other areas, like Manu was the big one we're talking about for, say, a Parramatta or clubs to go for. He's extended. Why would he ever leave the Roosters? Yeah, and he's accepted that fact that, you know, he's not playing a traditional centre role, and we said that at the time. They're getting him involved. He gets the float in and out of the games. They get him in good ball. They get him first receiver. They get him playing as a second fullback. Like, why would you not utilise him in that manner? Yeah. And the difference between a million dollars, say, at the Warriors or somewhere else, or seven fifty eight hundred there... Plus, we've talked about it a million times. The off-field opportunities that the Roosters offer with a Burris, a Packer, a Politis. Like, the Roosters take care of their own off the field as well as they do on the field. The small sacrifices you might make in the short term will be made up tenfold long term. And you yeah. see anyone on their staff that was a Rooster is taken care of. Fitzgibbon, Orbison's there now. Corden is there now. Friends, like, all these sort of guys, if they're a long-term or they're a contributor, Cronk straight after only playing for a couple of years, one of those comps... The Roosters take care of their own. Yeah. Yeah, well, they've got a long history doing that. Mm. Newcastle, interesting one that's popped up. The Pierce move, you know, comes after a tumultuous 12 months, obviously not the greatest start of the preseason. They make him an offer quite low and basically put it to him that, you know, this is the situation, you know, you've this is where you're at, you're a bit older, you've kind of caused a bit of this commotion. He, I guess, takes that sort of situation as the year boils on. We see again that he is important, even though, you know, when he's obviously has his moments for off-field sort of issues, they struggle without him. Um, linked to the Raiders, linked to the Bulldogs, linked to plenty of clubs, and in the end, it seems like his friend James Maloney gave him a call and said, "Why are you continually dealing with this shit? I'm retiring." Talks to Catalan, says, "Get him over." Um, and I, I think for Pierce, probably at times, and we've spoke about it with the New South Wales stuff and all things, I think maybe a little bit, little bit too much has been said about Mitchell Pearce over his career. Yeah, there's a couple of moments that obviously he brought upon himself, but a lot of the criticism at times I think has been way too harsh. Um, but for Newcastle, I think it's going to be huge blood. Huge blood. They don't have anyone to replace Mitchell Pearce. Mm. And I'm, it's not saying they're well, a premiership threat with him, but I don't think they're a top eight side without him. No, they're going to struggle. So looking at that situation, like they brought Adam Clunin, who's had a, a run or two at the Dragons there, two couple of stints. Like He's a solid guy who can get you around the field, but he's not Pearce. Um, like Mann's played more as a six with Clifford you know Clifford himself I don't know if he's a dominant seven like he's looked a lot better with Pierce helping him out with the kicking when he could just run heap up some of those massive torpedoes and play more that second fiddle Simi Sasagi's come through as like a, a bit of a live wire six again it's a lot to ask for him 
Crossland looked like he was on the way out. Then they resigned him once this looked like this was happening. So they've got a lot of question marks there, and they've got three or four guys that look to play there, but they don't have a dominant seven, I think. I think the most genuine seven out of all that could probably tick the boxes <laughs> to help out Clifford is more likely Clune, but Clune's not a long-term option. Yeah. Clune was signed there more as a depth option for Pierce. So I don't know where they go Good from luck. Here. I know one thing. Good luck. He was their best player. Ponga. Even Braley, Ponga. You can't go losing squad players like no. that and not replace them. Ponga and Braley come to the floor massively here. Like, Braley, probably not the most creative, but does enough manipulation for the forwards around the ruck. Probably needs to get a kick in his game. But the big one here is Ponga. Like, I know they all love him. I know a lot of people say they'd pay him a million plus dollars. I wouldn't. I don't think Ponga's justified big money in terms of that sort of bracket or top five money with what he contributes, as we say, against top four sides, top eight sides. We see him carve up a lot of bottom sides or edge of the eight teams, score a hat-trick against the Sharkies who miss this or carve up the Bulldogs or do this. I still don't have a game in my head where I've seen him do it to Melbourne, a South, a Panthers. I don't have a marquee game like that where I sit there and go, Caelan Ponga is top three, top five, $1.1 million player. This marquee sort of sign that they talk about for a club like Redcliffe. I don't think I'm willing to make that sort of investment in Caelan Ponga in what I've seen, not in terms of talent. Top Talent-wise, he's easily at that level. But what you what we see on the field, what we get week to week, there's a huge amount of pressure that goes back to him and a Braley now without a dominant seven. Yeah, I, they've, they've got to keep him. Simple as that. You can't, you can't let, just let him walk. I think for them, they already have... Who, who replaces him? And there was already some other options, uh, issues there. Like last year, they had a huge issue with errors out the back, getting out of yardage. Like Gagai going there probably helps out a lot in terms of yardage, a bit more stability on the edges. And I think he could probably push Best, who's been very injury prone, but I still don't think we've seen enough out of Best in terms of what he does in yardage, in terms of him with the football, not just being a battering ram or trying to pick on someone small. He needs a bit more finesse to his game but other options in the market they'll link to Brooks I thought that would have been a great move just if you get him for the right price and he gets a new situation yeah that, see him that somewhere would else be they've been linked to Norman I would not go there everyone's gone and all that that ship sailed that's something I would touch with a 10 foot pole late talks on the price. foreign like foreign getting out of Manly and getting a last sort of decent sort of deal I thought foreign had his best season a long time healthy last year and why would you move and in particular, the one that didn't make sense to me, a lot of people probably forget or don't know, him and Pierce grew up together and were yeah. like best sort of mates. I thought it made sense if they needed another half to play with Pierce, not without Pierce. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the other one that was linked was Drinkwater from North Queensland, who, what they're doing, I have no idea. They signed him, they let Clifford go, they signed Deard and they signed Townsend. Like, they've got halves everywhere. And he specifically said he wanted to be a half, not a fullback. And they've got Holmes and Hammer, so I don't know where he is up yeah. there, but... Again, the style of player is is not a dominant seven, not a kicker, not an organiser, not someone who's really steering a team. He's a spark plug inside 50, running short kicking games really good, like he's an attacking player. So I sort of look at that for Newcastle now and go, great young forward pack, other good spine players, some good young outside backs, but a huge hole at seven. Yeah, Which massive. is probably the difference, again, between top eight and not top eight. So yeah. someone's going to have to step well, up. Right. So... Yeah, and they had a terrible year with health. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Uh, the Melbourne Storm, it has not been an ideal off-season. Starts off the white powder scandal, Munster, Lewis, Brandon Smith, Tui Kamikamika ends up in trouble. There's a pending charge there, which they're going to have to wait and see what happens. Uh, 
the rules down in Melbourne with vaccinations and COVID. Nelson office off with Solomona sticking by his stance. They've come out the other day because I think got to the date there where you had to be jabbed to go back to training. They're sticking by him and hoping that something will change in the foreseeable future, but it is a difficult situation because he's a hell of an impact player for them off the bench. He's well needed in what they're doing. Um, so, you know, between those sort of things. And then the other week, to be all honest, like, like again, I know you're off social media. I don't know if you saw much of what happened with Brandon Smith and his interview. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It, no, let's put it this way. Fox and a lot of the media overplayed it because they don't have access to the players anymore. This new world of YKTR, uh, you know, bloke in the bar with Denikem, all these sort of people get these sort of access because players have more trust in ex-players and non-mainstream media to listen to them, use their content, talk to, than the media who are like, the players have to talk just after this, but they use clickbait put shit out there, flight rumours and a lot of things that give the players, you know, the shit. And a lot of us the shit. Yeah. So from this, straight away, Fox and a few others had some specific comments or quotes up there. It made it sound like he just, you know, bagged out Melbourne or everything was about the Roosters. Like, probably isn't the smartest thing I completely understand as a Melbourne fan in particular to be on a podcast talking about how great a club the Roosters are. You want to win a competition in a Roosters jersey etc and some yes. of the things he said on there it's definitely not the smartest thing in before you've even gone back to Melbourne to give him a right of reply he basically signaled his intention right then and there but the same time when they're saying well, why was he on a podcast talking about the Roosters well he signed as a, the first player athlete for YKTR so he's working or doing with but basically walked through his off season talked about the process of when he went to the Titans Redcliffe this that and the other but then was just talking Who, had he signed he hadn't, but basically gave it away beforehand. And what he, what he'd said on there t- told everyone realistically that he was going to the Roosters. And, stupid. So it wasn't again. You just. But the the comments were made out like you look know, at he, look at the system, what the system creates. He it's gave ridiculous. no nothing but credit to Melbourne. He said a few stupid things that definitely aren't within sense. That they have piss ups all the time. The drink culture is huge. And what in Melbourne talked about something in the off season. The club obviously come out after that, like making it out. You know, everyone obviously has beers, but they're not getting fucking slaughtered every weekend, going out and benders and doing whatever else. So he retracted on some of those comments, obviously, and didn't want to downplay the club, the ex-players, coaching stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, it probably wasn't the smartest thing in the world. But just He's not it, smart, so you shouldn't put a microphone near him. Just found it very interesting, though, again. Like, he's a, he's a larrikin, and that's yeah. who he is. So when he talks like a larrikin, and his behaviour is larrikin-like, like, I don't understand why people are shocked. No, nah, but, the, again, the media took it straight away that Melbourne would cut things. Well, I'd, he, I'd be... Filthy from the store. Yeah. And they Filthy. would be about, you know, not getting what they said, a right of reply, at least the meeting before they found out about it. What sort of came out of that was basically signalling enough intention. And the, the main comment that would have pissed a lot of them off would have been someone saying, I just looked at that jersey after talking to Robbo and Jared and Mitchell Lovers and thought, man, I want to win a premiership in that jersey. It's like, well, you still got 12 more months to play yeah. at the Storm and you may be signing a contract, but it's probably not something that a lot of Melbourne people want to hear. And I, I went for a second question his commitment the way that bloke plays there's no way he's going to dog it he's all guns blazing he's too much 
of a Tasmanian Devil to me to not. We shouldn't be asking that question. But yeah, I think between him and maybe the Waikatiya Waikit, boys, it was great for them. Obviously, great exposure, great media, and it it blew up. But for him, I think he probably needed to think it through a little bit more. Sure, you're giving a little more access to how negotiations work and talking to the clubs, but the stuff specific about the Roosters and all the comments basically gave away that that was where he was going to end up. So that side of it wasn't smart. But again, the Fox stuff is just ridiculous. Immediately like, oh, they're going to cut ties with him. He'll be immediately fine. Like, you'd think fucking Melbourne are going to give the Roosters Brandon Smith or cut Brandon. Like, if anything was to happen, or they were that offended by it, there's no way Brandon Smith would have left Melbourne 12 months early. You would not be giving Brandon Smith to the Roosters or anyone 12 months early without any benefit to Melbourne. But I just find it really funny. All the stuff that I've seen the last few weeks is quotes coming from them in the Daily Telegraph now from all non-mainstream media because they can't get access to the players anymore because they've shit on too many people. So that's one thing I did find quite funny. But And then they take that story again, <clears throat> cut out the bits they want or the lines that suit the narrative and sort of put it all out there like it was all bad. It wasn't all bad. It wasn't smart. But I just find it really funny the way they like to, you know, conveniently cut and paste the few bits. But why wouldn't people just go and listen to the interview and make their own mind up? Well, that's what I thought after listening to it. I read the Fox thing and I was like, this is not completely accurate. Yeah, but that's a problem. Too many people read the Fox shit. But I just love the fact they they complain or they need to talk to us or they don't need to talk to anymore. There's enough outlets where they don't want to deal with you on that sort of basis. Yeah, but the point is is that there wouldn't be a market for what Fox are doing if people weren't reading it. Mm. I'm not saying about that content, but I mean this sort of content like, oh, Brandon Smith said this, this, and this. Like, well, yeah, he's but not a lot of what the they Fox. do is, is that. I think it's really good that some of these platforms are getting that sort of exposure now over these yeah, I agree. bigger mobs. It's great. It's so, uh, out of that for Melbourne, I look at it this way. It's not all positive, and there's some question marks there, but I still have no doubt in my mind they'll be successful. Well, the culture wins. Every year, regardless of who's there, who's gone, who's this, who's that, like a few off-season dramas yeah it's not great but I have full faith in them there's no way they're, they're not falling out of the eight it's not falling apart the machine won't break um, the Munster situation again a lot of people are split on that wasn't smart but he's gone to rehab he's addressed things there was a bit of a thing this week about you know not just drinking um, he was gambling he was gambling before games he let himself locked in a cubicle at one stage he said putting a bet on before he played said at time he lost $50,000 in a day um, you know he had not a great year this year. I think his mum's partner passed away. He had a miscarriage himself. He had a lot, fair bit going on, but hopefully from this process, he's basically talking about getting off the grog or staying off the grog, focusing on football. He needs to be in Melbourne, so fingers crossed um, that is the case and he has a, a hell of a year. But yeah, regardless of these setbacks, what happens with Tui, what happens with Nelson, they're not falling out of the eight. There's no way. No. Uh, interested to see as well. A bit of movement from them. They usually have a couple of signings that maybe you look at and go, okay, that guy's a bit of a journeyman or he's a veteran or that one's interesting. But the sevens play they signed, Will Warbrick from the New Zealand sevens. Very interesting. But I'm interested to see what happens. they got Coates on board. They've got him come over now. Yeah, They've lost Fox and a couple other guys last year in that sort of positions. I think the wings are both sort of open now. Like Jennings was really, really good, but had a couple of blunders in the biggest game at the back end of the year there. You've obviously got Xavier Coates coming from Brisbane, who's a bit of a diamond in the rough, sort of on the decline, I think, at the back end there, but goes to a completely different environment where hopefully they'll get the best out of him. But you know you've got Remus and Olam. I think the wing spots, there will be very interesting to see between him, Nick Meaney. Um, you know, there's a couple of guys there that'll be fighting for one side of the field and expect Coates to be on the other. Yeah. 
Nicarima's brother went there. He was banned for a couple of years. Huge potential. Got signed by the Roosters. Um, you know, I think it was a drugs ban. Carved up Q Cup last year. Plays fullback half nine. Like going to that Melbourne system. Another one of these guys I can sort of look at at some stage getting a run or being a utility. So there's a few, again, interesting buys. And I just think the machine will keep rolling. Um, the Nelson thing, again, I'm not going to get into the COVID thing. We talked enough COVID stuff last year, but I don't, I don't know what happens there. I don't know the whole difference between state rules. and you know, like I, yeah, We spoke about this in April. It's very confusing. It's going to be about vaccination. So so he's not vaxxed, is he? No, he doesn't, he doesn't want to get vaxxed. But the club's yeah, standing Whatever by. you think about mandates, etc. the fact of the matter is is that Victoria have a mandate, don't they? They do for, for pressure, football for players, sport. you know, all those sort of people. So his option, and he can't his go options to Queensland are essentially to get jabbed. Well, yeah, get jabs is the easy fix, but if not, move somewhere where well, vaccination isn't mandatory. But you're still going to have to travel to these other places. That's the where... point. Like New South Wales seems to be the only one hasn't mandated it, but Queensland. So I think you yeah. can't play in Queensland or Melbourne. So that wipes two out, and then you have a club like the Bulldogs who, in house, decided they want you to have it. So John Asiata has now just yeah. left the club. Um. Yeah. He had his reasons. Apparently, one of his children had inoculations a couple of years ago and had some sort of adverse reaction. So yeah. on that thing, he's decided he'd rather not get it. Yeah. In what they've experienced, I don't know. 100% yeah, look, that I, 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 like, I've but he's as, stuck as, to his gun. So. We both been vaccinated. We both, well, not not that you're pro-vaccinated, but you just trust the health advice. Mm. But I fully respect people who don't want to be vaccinated. Yeah. Like, if you I, stick to your values, so yeah, like for I, Nelson, you know, you're talking to guys on seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars, but he's sticking to his guns. Yeah. So the club's sticking by him for now, hoping that something will change. But if it doesn't, we live in a free country, don't we? Like, yeah. They're, they're going to have end, a if he's going to, if he's going to forego a significant amount of money and to play the game he loves, or, you know, you just got to respect it, I suppose. Mm. So, as hard as it's going to be for the storm and him. Yeah. So yeah, it'll just be. I don't know where it ends. Whether, whether he just, it'll get to a point where he goes, okay, I'm, I'm going to get it. Yeah. Well, some said. He should go play a union. I'm like, well, could he go to New Zealand? Or are they got a know. mandate? Or you have to be jabbed? Or if he goes to Europe, I don't know what European rugby's like, but it's the same deal. Like, can he go anywhere? Or is it basically you can't the question is play sport? Mandation, yeah. Like, if people have rules in all these sports or countries or to be in these arenas, like, what are your options? I, I don't know about European rugby, but I was thinking that was his background. Well, it's a mandate. So his only other option, yeah. if he's not playing in the NRL, is to go play New Zealand or European rugby, which he'd definitely do well at. But if they have that sort of similar thing in yeah, place, no jab, line. no play, your career is on hold or it's over yeah. if that's the goalpost. So, um, in terms See how of, it plays out, it'll be interesting. Yeah, but it'd be a huge loss if like Tui does end up in trouble uh, with his court case and Nelson, that's a huge impact on their bench. Massive. Between those two and Brandon Smith the year prior and who they had, you've lost Dale, so they're going to have to push somebody in, whether that be Brandon or they would have put a Tom or a Chris Lewis in and still roll Brandon in start with Brandon, sorry, and have Harry come into the game and him push the lock? I don't know. But losing those two big boppers in particular who are rolling with Welch and Jesse would be massive to their bench. So regardless of that, like I said, I just don't see the machine not being in the eight. Agree. There's too much good about the club to see them falling out. But um, yeah, we'll move on from the Melbourne Storm. To, uh, to run through most of the other clubs now, it's, it's been a bit quieter. Uh, New Zealand Warriors, not a whole lot going on on that front. Only sort of thing that's happened over there. Uh, they obviously got Luke Metcalf from the Sharks, bit of back and forth. These two clubs had a bit of beef. Uh, they had the Rudolph situation the year prior where played at the Sharks, was going well, signed a long-term deal with the Warriors, got cold feet. 
wanted to do sort of a swap deal or release or whatever, ends up getting out of it and stays. But now they've got one sort of back on them. They've signed up. Uh, Luke Metcalf tried to get him a Euro. The Sharks are holding their ground now, not letting him go. Um, but other than that, for them, not a whole lot going on. A couple of new faces in. We know that Johnson's gone back there. Ash Taylor's on a training trial. Penne from Melbourne. They got Jesse Arthur's over on a loan. But in terms of movement or off-season news about them, uh, I guess the big thing for them is, are they going to be based here solely again for another season? Or when will they get back to New Zealand? Um, but, yeah, no sort of huge talking points, I guess. And I, I think the other thing is probably Ash Taylor. Do you think maybe a fresh start, that price tag gone, the spotlight gone, and being in that environment, he might find his best football again or potentially end up making their top 30 and staying with the Warriors? I think he'll make their top 30. He's a first grader. Like, he was just getting paid too much money. Simple as that. And he, it looked, yeah, it looked like the price tag was affecting his footy. Well, they've got Johnson, Tavita Harris, probably to start off with, I'd guess. Yeah. And he might get a deal and be in the mix. Yeah, and look, it might not be that Talk was he Nick plays Arima. with the Warriors. It may be that he just needs to prove himself for the Warriors to get a start somewhere else. Hmm. Talk was Nick Arima was trying to come home 12 months earlier, but he's still there at the moment. He's another one I thought about with Wayne Bennett again, getting signed there to be a 14 yeah. or sort of roll at the Dolphins. But I, I think with their situation right now, it would surprise me if he ends up in their top 30 as the backup sort of half to start with and maybe find some um, some opportunity. Um, they've just named Tohu Harris their captain. And I guess the other big thing that sort of happened in the off-season is O'Sullivan was there working with Nathan Brown, helping with their juniors, which obviously took a hit after the whole COVID situation. He's now gone to the Dolphins. So if you then... That sort of talk that everyone has about, oh, you won't poach or you won't look over the fence, but it'll be interesting to see in the next 12 months if they do yeah. take any young guys from the Warriors because you can guarantee if you see any really younger guys or cut guys or 20 guys, there'd be a specific reason for that. So I'm sure the Warriors have their guard up now, potentially around some of the younger blokes and making sure that they uh, lock up anyone that they have you know, a bit of a vested future and that he's moved on. Penrith Panthers, uh, I guess the big thing for Penrith was sort of what we talked about last year. They mortgaged the house... Because when they had that 19-win run, that accelerated their salary cap and their timeline. They blooded all those young guys in after a hard year. They had an absolute corky year. You have to make decisions to keep guys on board. And they made the decision because they knew the window was going to get tight very quickly to go all in, get your Pangai Juniors, get everyone on board, played guys injured, um, and they got the job done. Yeah. But looking at that, what's now gone out the door and what they've brought in, I have a mad Panthers fan at work, and he's like, how do we... How can we not sign anyone? I'm like, well, you sort of get to that point now. You've got seven or eight rep players. They've paid Nathan. They've paid Jerome. They've paid Yoey. They've paid Fish. Like, they've made a decision on what is that core group. And now you're going to have to sort of regenerate around it with juniors and find value. So you found value in a Sorensen, or they found value for a few years in Catewell, who's now moved on. Or, you know, Martin signs an upgrade, but it's probably not a huge upgrade. But now, you look at the 12 months ahead, the only signings they've made this offseason... Christian Crichton, Stephen's brother, who's done an ACL, has not played at the Bulldogs for two years. Chris Smith's gone to the Bulldogs, the Roosters, now gets signed to come back in as a depth signing. Um, Sean O'Sullivan, who started off at Penrith, Roosters, Brisbane, Warriors, now back there. Like When you get to that sort of top end and you lock up that sort of talent in 6, wages. 7, 13, you need to supplement more. And for Panther fans, they might get angry or they don't want to hear it. And I said, it's kind of like work. I don't see them probably as a premiership premiership threat this year because I think the injuries they've had the guys that aren't going to do much of an off season I think Origin's going to bite again and you pushed all in last year like Momorowski left is hugely underrated 
Burton's gone. So you need two centers. Like Crichton goes back to one edge probably with Toto, but who's the other center? Who's the other winger? Mm. Does Taylor May play? Do they give Staines another run without the yardage? Does you know, is Isaac Tago, who I think is a long-term back row, do they try and play him as a center right now? I, I don't know who's there. Thomas Jenkins, a really young, good young kid they've upgraded, who was from young. He played a bit of flag and some cup last year. Like He's probably Terry not ready. Run there. Yeah, but he's probably not ready like Jenkins right now, but he's a center. Um, your bench, you know, like Kate Well probably gets replaced by Martin. I thought Tago is probably a long-term back row there, but right now they probably need him as the center. Martin comes off your bench. Like, who's on your bench? Like, back end of the year when they had Pangai and a few of those guys there, Eisenhuth was out of the mix. Like, Lindsay Smith only got one or two games. Like, someone's going to need to step up. I think a natural guy who definitely will. I thought Hopgood looked good. So he probably gets onto the bench with Sorensen. Um, like, you know, Lanu needs to get more minutes. I thought he didn't probably get as much as I thought he would last year. But you sort of got to fill in a few outside back gaps. Then your depth is going to be tested. Fish coming off surgery. Nathan's coming off surgery. Dylan's coming off surgery. And then I guess we're just going to see that again with the Coruscant situation. Yeah. There was talk that there was a bit of bad blood between them and the deal and he wanted to go a year early and then he's not vaccinated either. Like That whole thing still needs to play out. you got Kikia, who a lot of Panther fans get frustrated at because his best form is excellent. His worst form is horrendous. He signed 12 months in advance, huge money. Is he going to have the same motivation? So I think the big thing for yeah. Penrith is... I guess I'm more interested to see the regeneration. Um, you know, MG's young bloke is now part of the top squad. Sunuri Tarevi, who we've talked about. Thomas Jenkins, I've seen. Good player. Kurt Falls, the son we coached, has now got an opportunity. Now they've lost Burton. Him along with Sullivan. If origin time comes around, they're going to be the halves. Yep. He's going to have to play first grade. Um, other young guys under there. Like, there's a lot of talk about Hooker now. What do they do? Do they plug in with Mitch Kenny? Do they go to the market? Well, Riley Smith was named an Australian schoolboy. I haven't seen enough of him yet to make a judgment, but it's a pretty big honour. But within the next 12 months, does he go from SG to flag to cup and start getting prepped as a long-term NRL 9? Is that... Well, he's also playing first-grade cricket. And that's what I mean. Is that his sport? Is that his choice? Like, do they look at him in that light? Is he going to, you know, be going straight to cup this year or something like that? I don't know. Mm. That times last year, they named him as a 13 in SG ball. So they didn't even have him picked as a 9 but he was the Australian schoolboy nine. So yeah. that's a big question mark moving forward for Penrith. But there's always a good group under. They upgraded another couple of kids. I think there's a pair of twins. There's a, I think the Puru, Puru twins. twins yeah. So there's a couple of guys there. But I think there'll be a regeneration probably for the next 12 to 18 months. And then again, like we know the year after, you're going to have to replace Kikau. You're going to have to replace Coruscant. They've still got to lock up Edwards and a couple of other guys. So I definitely think there might be a bit of a transition where they're a top eight side. But to get back to a premiership window again is going to take another group of these kids like they had 18, 24 months ago where they had you know eight or nine of them come in and sort of fill around those gaps. But when you make that investment, like a Melbourne or like a sort of Roosters on those five or six key guys, which are in the right positions, mind you, six, seven, 13, prop, you know, that's sort of where you've got to go to. Yeah. So they need to be next level now of their development and really smart with some of their edge signings. Um, but yeah. Other than that, from Penrith, I guess that's the news. Just a couple of those bargain boys and sort of filling in the gaps. Sharks, similar deal, pretty quiet. Uh, lots of new blood in there, nothing but good reports about Fitzgibbon. The leadership that's been brought by Cam McInnes has been completely forgotten about. Looked awesome under the new rules as a lock the year before, before he hurt his knee. Dale Finucan, can Nico Hines transition? That's the one I'm most interested in. Like Melbourne system at fullback behind that pack with those halves. 
him now in the front line as a seven, which was his junior position at Manly, you know, like took four or five years to obviously end up in a system and get to place in first grade. Will he be the answer for them in the front line? Johnson's gone. Is it Trindle that partners him as well? Is it Moylan getting an opportunity? Like, I'm also interested to see who plays there with him. You got Kennedy. They've made a huge decision on Blake Braley. They've locked him up until 2026. So, they've made a decision there on their one and their nine. They've got Nico (laughs) there to be a seven, so... Yeah, it looks like all the pieces are there. It's just a real question on how they gel, how they play. Mm. But I certainly look at them and think they're going to be pushing into the eight. I think they'll be there. They need a Newcastle out at the moment. I just try, again, I'm trying to figure out, like, if you've done that with Braley, you've definitely signaled what I thought. They signed McInnes to be a third eight, so Dale's got to be a prop. Yeah. So if Dale's a prop, you got two other guys with big question marks. Andrew Fafita, to me, it's going to be his last year. Horrific injury last year, scary as that throat, and ended up in hospital, and, you know, that, that's, that was terrifying. Uh, but Wade Graham, we said it before, he's ticked all the boxes, he's hit all those heights, he's now got a family, lots of head knocks. Like, I don't know where he ends up this year. But I sort of hope for Craig Fitzgibbon, it's maybe that last ride sort of mentality. Get one more big year out, ice your career. And I don't know if he keeps playing after this. I I don't know what other box he needs to tick. He's a premiership winner. He's played for his country. He's played for his state. He was my age, for Christ's sake. Like, while we are doing our HSC, he was playing first grade for Penrith. So I, I don't know, with some of the injuries he's had and the concussions, what belongs to him beyond this year, but... Some really good signings, some good leadership, a change of the guard. Dugan's gone, Wood's gone. A lot of those guys from the Flanagan sort of era are out now. Some good clean skins like your McInnes, your Dale Finucane's, really good outside, young outside backs. They've got some good development kids coming through. They've had a couple of good young rep teams. So they're definitely one to look forward to watching next year, I think, and how they develop. But big question, obviously, I want to know who the halves are. Yeah. I know Nico's got one spot, but I like what I saw from Trindle. I think he's a good footballer. Um, they get more, more Moylan on a bargain because no one really wanted him. So what they can get out of him, I think Kennedy's got room to improve. So they're definitely a, an interesting one to watch. Your boys, the Titans, not a lot in in terms of signings. Some fringe signings, but they made a huge decision on Tino. The Dolphins were heavy after him. He's now re-signed long-term. Like he, he already had another couple of years to run, but they've gone all in. I think it's like a four- or five-year extension. Yeah. So I don't mind that. Play good footy. Liu, you get another veteran in the system. Um, the big call, obviously, was letting Fogarty go. Signaled their intention now, I guess, that Brimson will go back to playing what he did as a junior, as a six. I don't love it. After what they've seen from Peachy. So they've pushed all their chips on the table there. Peachy, you're one. Brimson, you're six. Sexton's going to have to be in the halves now because Fogarty's Campbell, we're talking out. about one. Yeah, Campbell's right. Yeah. I said Peachy. Got it mixed up. Um, but yeah, they've definitely pushed their cards all on the table now. But I still don't like the nine. Clark, to me, I, I honestly, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. I honestly think Rain's a better player than Clark. Yeah. But after that, what have they got? Like, I don't know. They've got another young half who's come through that Palm Beach Crumman system, like Sexton Weaver, who's got a three-year deal now. They've got Shailen Fuller, who's a young half utility, who comes through with Campbell's young bloke. So it's good to have sort of those options, and it's a bit of a rejig in your spine. But I still look at nine next year and think, I think they're going to be in a similar spot. Like for feeder, I need to see more. Tino flattened out a little bit. Liu might help a little bit. But I just sort of look at that spine again and that reshuffle and think I don't know if that's going to be enough. You might hold in the eight, but I still don't really see it as a, a big threat. Yeah. <clears throat> Key what, positions all... What did you think about the Fogarty move? I didn't like it. You would He's have kept our anchor, yeah. Yeah. Best kicker. Best organiser we've got at the club. And Taylor obviously going as well. So you don't yeah. have, again, a seven per se like 
Brimson. Well, Sexton's a seven. Yeah. So he's, he's well, got it's a lot of weight now. straight yeah, away. Definitely. Like, he's got I agree. No choice. Yeah. And Boyd, they weren't looking like they were too solid on, but it looks like he's been training as a nine as well. So yeah. I don't know. I think nine's a big question. I'd say, yeah. But uh, yeah, not a whole lot going on there. The Raiders is one, again, pretty quiet in general, but just a few moves. Kotrick's now back in. Simonson goes to Parramatta. Adam Elliott, they picked up after his off-season discretions. Um, they had some troubles again with the VAC situation. They had Papali, Topine. They had four, three or four guys who were pretty key players, which is a big thing for them when they're key forwards. Uh, I don't know quite yet if anyone's sort of changed that. But the biggest question, I guess, for Canberra without knowing is what we said last year. Too much coming out of the club. Players were sticking together going against the club, which in a way, fair enough. Like They're basically telling them, like, hey, where's this shit coming from? Yeah. It's not coming from us. So the big question, I guess, if you're a Canberra fan, minimal sort of movement. Like, Elliot can be really good if they've paid him bugger all. Getting Kotrick back with the Bulldogs chipping in, they've got him for less than what they're going to pay him. When he was a winger, he was a rent winger. That's his best spot. He's not a center. But I guess the question is, are they united? Can this be fixed? Or is it too far gone? Like, Hodgson was gone for all money to the Tigers. That was done. They couldn't agree on the price. It seems like the Raiders in the end almost sabotaged it on purpose because of the situation with Starling. Because if they let Hodgson go and then Starling gets charged or something happens there, yeah, cool. they're out in the cold. So I look at that now and go, well, how's that going to play out for Hodgson? He's on 900000 mind you. And now he's got his future secured. Can they mend that bridge? Will Canberra just be quiet next year and tighten up the ships? Is <clears throat> Papali and Tapine and these guys who had frictional partners? Like, Is all this stuff calm on the Western Front? Because when you look at it, they've made some decisions here to move on Soliola, James, Dunamis, like they've moved on some vets. Williams is now gone. They're past of him. They've passed the debatement situation. Hodgson was, I thought, spoke really well considering the circumstances last year for the group. But they're in a bit of a transition here. They've still got some very good players, but like a Fogarty going then, probably just what the doctor ordered for someone like Jack. Someone who you know is not oh, going to. I think it's a great sort of yeah. bro. And I think price wise, they didn't pay a fortune for it. No. They gave him a longer-term deal, but I think they've paid about 400000 for a half. Yeah, It's not huge money for a guy that kicks and does his job. Perfect sort of player to pair with him. If Starling's on the field and you've got him and Hodgson, you've got two good nines. My biggest question is fullback. I've said it before. I love Charns. He's such a worker. He's a grinder, but I don't think there's enough in his game ball-playing-wise, and he's like his yardage is great and everything else. We well, spent most this year out. So That little bit I saw of Savage before he got injured, I really like Savage at one. But they've got some good kids coming through. Like We saw some glimpses from your Tomokos. Smith Shield had some games. Like We know about Clay Webb coming through. He's now in the top squad, young back rower. Yeah. Trey Mooney was an Aussie schoolboy. Like they've made a decision to push these guys in and get rid of a few older heads. Some of these guys are going to have to play um, this year. They got a young centre winger from the Dragons on three-year deal. Brandon Morcos, Australian schoolboy. Simonson's been pushed out as a result of that as well. Um, so I just, yeah... I guess I'm interested to see that. And then my other question was Croker. Up and down last year, injured. Talk about his situation and a long-term deal. Would they move on from him? There's been nothing said. I'm assuming he definitely wants to keep playing, but I just wonder if they tied himself to him long-term and if they he doesn't want to go, what are they going to do? Yeah. Because they seem to have a hell of a good young group here, but like I, I look at a chance, I think chance to me would look better at centre or wing for what he provides in terms of yardage and his carry and being solid. And I'd rather have a savage in a key position to unlock at the back. But will they just go back to chance? 
who was, don't get me wrong, awesome at fullback, but does he have extra bits he can add to his game? Mm. And then more importantly, like we just said from the start, are they united? Or are we going to have another year of turmoil? Well, we don't know. You're not, not going to know until you see him play. Because there's still some very good players in Canberra. Yeah, definitely. But last year, basically all pointed like to division between the, the players, yeah. the club, and the on-field product wasn't great. Wasn't great. If that all comes back together, who knows? They could surprise some people. Definitely. If it doesn't come back together and it's similar again, they're not making the eight. Could be worse. And we could see yeah. Jack White unravel. And a couple other guys going to other clubs and a, a real big situation where potentially for the first time in his whole time there that Ricky Stewart might be in trouble. Yeah. So definitely one to keep your eyes on uh, if you're a Canberra fan. Uh, to the Broncos. Pretty quiet uh, on the Western Front in terms of what they've done. Uh, I think the big question there is the additions that are coming in and can they take a step forward? They stabilised with Icon. Uh, they obviously brought in the CEO from Melbourne. You've got all those young guys they've sort of brought in. You've now got Reynolds. They've got a seven. Catewell. And they brought James in for some veteran status. Bullimore got pushed out to make room to get Ryan James in. So they feel now with an origin back rower, a bit of a veteran in Catewell who's played in a grand final, won a comp. Reynolds to kick and steer things. And obviously an older head in James who was a leader for a long time at the Titans there. Yeah. James' issue is just on the field yeah I think he'll, he'll value out if he's on the field yeah I think they've just purely made that decision to get him around those forwards because they don't have an old head <clears throat> yeah and somebody who's a good character and a good leader like he, Canberra last year didn't they bought him for his playing ability they didn't buy him for his leadership and his off field stuff yeah and obviously his body probably let him down and he wasn't that great for him but in Brisbane I think they purely saw the value in what he can bring to that group help out a Payne Haas Flegler Bullimore uh, sorry Carrigan etc um, but I, I guess the real question for them when we said this is what will happen with Walters. A lot of people are agitating to extend him and what they do there and the moves they've made and do they give him time. I guess regardless of results, they're going to see internally whether they think he's an NRL coach. Yeah. So this year, forget football, it'll be the internal stuff where they sit there and look at him and go, this is the long-term coach of the Brisbane Broncos because they're not just going to accept mediocrity. Whether he's a good bloke, whether he's an ex-player, with Donaghy, Icon, and where they're sort of heading now, it'll be plain and simple is this someone we can win a comp with? Because that'll be the Brisbane standard where they're building back to now with stability in the front office. They've finally got one thing sorted. It's not going to be a 12-month fix, but that will be probably the thing that comes out this year, whether they give him a new deal. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of players, like again, we speak about youth. You bring those three guys in, which is really going to help having a Reynolds in particular, and it's well needed, but they need to make some decisions around the rest of the spine again. Like They've got a million guys who could potentially play halves? Is it going to be Gamble? Do they go with Kelly? They obviously pushed Dearden out. They had a young guy who's the one I'm most interested to see, Ezra Mam, who pushed up and played cut last year, scored 10-plus tries. He's only a baby. They've just re-signed him for three years. Because him as a bit of a live wire, you know, the guy they throw in instead of those guys and build with him and Reynolds for the next few years, like a Walker, Reynolds sort of combination. Nine, Turpin. Like, Turpin's signed, but he's been injured constantly. Pakes has been re-signed again for them, so clearly they see a bit of value. Maybe he gets more time off the bench. I don't know. Uh, who's their fullback? It was Azaka. Then it was New. They've talked about other guys being up for that position. They obviously let Walsh go, which now seems like an absolute disaster. Uh, they're going to have to make a decision on that. They can't keep flip-flopping. But more importantly, just build with this youth and there needs to be more consistency. So now, like, Stag's healthy, another off-season. Ricky, another off-season. Flegler, Carrigan, these sort of guys, it's time to step up. 
they've had three or four years now first grade. And along with all those other guys, you've got to keep pushing with it. They blooded again last year in that group. You know, Willison played a lot at the back end there before he did his knee. TC Rabati, Brandon Piakura, who they paid almost half a million dollars, who played one game. Like, there were some big decisions made there. And there's a lot of youth there, uh, again. And they're going to be heavily leaning on those few veterans. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens with Brisbane. But, yeah. Yeah. There was some good, like we said, good shoots. We know Haas, but... Like Kobe Heathering, I thought was great at the back end of the year, what he provided at lock. Knew at his time there looked better. Stags hopefully stays healthy. Ricky gave a couple of little flashes, but obviously needs to get better defensively. But still, such a young squad when you look at it. But hopefully heading in the right direction under this new sort of regime and hopefully some stability there. But if they do end up making a coaching choice again, I guess the big question that we had last year is who are they replacing him with again if they do go another way? Um, Good luck. Pretty quiet in terms of uh, all things for Brisbane there, but the big question for a lot of people, yes. Who will partner Adam Reynolds? Cowboys pushing to get Luciano Lua early. Uh, questionable for a lot of people, the signing of Chad Townsend when they already had drink water and then they let Clifford go. Then they, you know, you got Dearden into the mix. They had Dejan Arcee play a couple of games. Like I think a lot of people are confused. I'm one of them. So who's your halves now? You signed Drinkwater, he said he didn't want to be a fullback. You signed him long-term, but now you've got Dearden. Dearden and Townsend are very similar. Mm. So I don't know what your halves are. You've got Holmes on 900,000 who's supposed to play fullback. He ends up playing wing and centre. You've just extended Hammer. That's where he plays. They've also got a development kid, I think Jordan Lip, who plays that position. So that's a question. There was talk they tried to shop Robson around. I think Robson's their best nine. Definitely. They signed Cotter who's a nine, but plays sort of that 13-type role now in this new style of the game. So, you know, I don't know what's quite going on there. And then I guess you've got another year with a bunch of guys that are probably not delivered or not played that well. You've got your McLeans and a few of those guys there. And what happened with Tamalola last year? Like, where are they going to be at? Um, Hiku's another sort of veteran in the room. Jermaine Tanoa Brown, he worked well with that. The Warriors would have been a cheap buy for a bit of depth. And I, I think the other big question for them is the green shoots of some of the kids they pushed through. Tommy Gilbert... Helium Lukey, Jeremiah, and Nanai, they're all on the market now. So I guess for the Cowboys, is making some good decisions around your next generation, which they're pushing for. Yeah. Um, the Tigers straight away with the Luciano thing fired back and started looking at Helium Lukey, offered a trade there, looked at Jeremiah and Nanai, played some games trying to you know get at those sort of guys. So I think for North Queensland, it's, again, making better decisions now than what they have in the last couple of years signings-wise because, to be honest, so far right now, the Holmes deal looks like a disaster price-wise. The McLean deal's been a disaster. The Tamalolo contract, the goalposts are sort of moved with the rule changes. Like There's a couple of deals there now that you're sort of looking at and just going, yeah, it's, it's not looking all red and rosy. But their decision with Townsend, the price tag that was talked of, seems insane. Mm. So I don't know what their halves and spines are going to be. The fact that Robson is under question, like that's someone for me, if I am the Tigers or the Dolphins or anyone that's sort of out there, if you're looking for a nine, Robson's someone I can definitely work with. If, they're, if they're not looking to lock him down. So, yeah, I don't really know what to make of North Queensland, but I dare say if it's another year close to what it was last year, regardless of youth and turnover, that Peyton might be fine. He's going to be under some pressure if they start the way they started again. Mm. Definitely. And you can't see any green shoots, so... No. Uh, we've got three more here. Not a lot going on. Manly, I don't really have anything for you. One move. Bullimore come down from Brisbane. A couple of internal moves. I let Cade Cust go. 
uh, over to England. One of those ones that we talk about that I'm disappointed with. Young guy that I think definitely NRL potential style player left too early. Yeah. But couldn't get opportunity. Um, internally for them, there was basically no other movement. They're definitely under some cap pressure, hence why they let Suli go to the Dragons. Davey coming back off an ACL, 30-year-old something back row. They've now got Olakuatu uh, and young Schuster. So you're probably looking there going, that opportunity is now blocked for him. Yeah. He might go on the bench. Sirena went out the door along with a couple other guys. Like Their only move literally in new was youth within and Bullimore. So I guess the question for them is, can they grow on what they did last year? Can they get better defensively? And can they be tough against top four teams? Because they're going to have to be. Yeah. But, well, the, the question is, can they be better than what they were last year? And I, I think some would question Suli being let go with the damage he does with the ball over maybe a Parker or a Harper. Because some would say Suli's not a great defender, but Morgan Harper got bullied in the back end of the year against those better three teams. Yep. Parker's solid, but you probably don't look at him and think he's explosive as Suli. But it's a salary cap move. Yep. We heard all the talk about them trying to get rid of Tapau with the deal they'd done with him, but no one wants to take that deal. But they've, similar deal, put themselves in this position. They paid Cherry Evans that huge deal. They choose to give a million dollars a piece to the two Dubojevic's. They've got 30-plus percent of their salary cap dedicated to three players. Yeah. And when you do that, this is what happens. So they're going to need to find something probably internally. Um, whether Benny Trebojevic turns into a factor in terms of maybe center or back row, I still don't know quite his position. One young kid we're all interested in, we've been interested in, is Farno at nine, which Croker did a solid job last year, but it's still a question mark for me that I don't think they have a nine to win a comp. They definitely, yeah, definitely have a nine to win a comp. His court case isn't until mid-year. So, again, that's something you've got to look at. Um, you know, in terms of... They, they overachieved significantly last year, I think. 100%, and a big part of it. Turbo, can Turbo have a repeat year? That's hell of it. Can he do that again? He's a freak. And people get more video on other players as well. Ola Kawatu's going to be more accounted for. Schuster's going to be more accounted for. The other one is Kieran Ford. Kieran Ford. Can he stay healthy? Yeah. And now you've got Cust gone. If he goes out, like, who's your cover at nine? Who's your cover at six? You don't have a whole lot there. Yeah. One real kid to look out for is, uh, I think, I can't remember how to say the first name, but Cooler, young fella that I, we coached against a couple of years ago. Played fullback, centers, wing, plays a bit of rugby union. He runs a 10-5 over the 100. Didn't really get an opportunity last year. He's only 19 years old, but he'll be someone pushing up into first grade. Uh, Farnu's brother, Sione, a front rower. I don't know if he'll get a run, but he's now in the top squad. But pretty much, yeah, they let players go, upgraded from within. They've got a tight salary cap situation, so there's going to have to be some improvement somewhere else in this team, particularly yeah. defensively on the edges, because that's really what got them at the back end of the year. And they weren't willing to grind with those top four sides. No. Melbourne exposed them South blew them apart kicked them to death and pulled them apart on the edges they love the football They when they get rolling they get rolling they're very very dangerous but can they get better defensively yeah that's and the question can they get Norga on uh, second last Souths probably the biggest thing I guess for them uh, a lot went out the door a lot of kids sort of there they've still got some really key plays similar to like a Penner if they made decisions when you pay a Latrell Cody they've made a priority Arrow Murray, they sort of put their money in these sort of guys. They upgraded Kalal Matungan a few more internally, but uh, Demetria, I guess, first year. We've given him plenty of praise. I in particular said that to me, he, I know for a fact that he's had his hands on the steering wheel for the most part with their attack and a lot of their coaching already. Yeah. Can he transition that now without Adam Reynolds um, with you know probably less key players and some youth there? 
they've got a few holes to fill. Gagai is going to have to be replaced in the centres. Is that Tane Milne? Is that somebody else? Um, the only real signings for them are some veteran guys. They've upgraded a fair few kids, and they've got some really good kids coming in. Uh, and then the seventh situation, I think Ilias, he's basically said, will look like he's going to get first crack there with Cody Walker. Can Cody Walker still play the same type of football in that role and you know be free to be a firecracker? Um, first few rounds, I'll have to navigate without Latrell Mitchell as well. But Yeah, it's going to be a tragedy of the guard. The Milford situation, they've obviously got to wait for that to resolve itself, but he was brought there also to kind of compete for a halves position. But again, uh, another one of these ones where they don't know what's going on yet. So looking like round one, it's going to be Ilias, who's played that one game last year and looked pretty good and has had a lot of junior raps on him as the seven, taken out from Adam Reynolds, which is huge shoes to fill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some kids to look out for. Davey Moali, uh, a good kid there. Ilias, we talked about. Terrell, Colo, Colo. They've got more. Um, they've, they've got a real nice group that sort of pushed through there, so that'll be interesting to see. The last one we have here, probably our, our craziest fans at times, the Dragons. Yes. Lots uh, of questions for a lot of angry Dragons fans there yeah, about Griffin. Uh, Griffin Ball and the way he spends his money. He's offloaded a couple. He's tapped Sims on the shoulder and said he can go over his next year. He's got George Burgess, the recipient of a new plastic hip. For the next two years, he's paid Sewer for three. He paid Frankie Molo for three, who ended up getting benched by the Cowboys. He brought Woods in for a year. He signed a McCulloch, not after taking him for an extra they signed Aaron Woods. two seasons. Yep. Interesting. So I think a lot of Dragons fans are scratching their heads about the old Dollar Dazzlers and some of the moves they've made. Um, but again, like a Maguire, you know, he was... I know they are getting the wage paid for him, but some of these guys, it wasn't exactly... You know, breathtaking. Yeah. I think the one real positive is they've sort of locked up that spine. So, Amone's next two years, Sloan the next two years, and they've got Sullivan now to 2025. My bigger question is, is he going to do what I hope he does and finally transition Ben Hunt to nine? I think the McCulloch at nine thing was okay for a bit of a stopgap. The fact they extended him by another two years, I think, is a mistake. Hunt's best just position. just your own question. McCulloch's going to play it all well, Hunt, to me, looks better at nine. And with those kids there, I can't block Sullivan and Amone. Something needs to change. They need some spark on their attack. It's we'll see. sluggish. It's just... I don't know. There was apparently an article the other day saying their attack's about to change. I don't know what it was. I didn't read it because it was a Telegraph article. But if I'm a Dragons fan, I want Hunt at nine, probing at the right, kicking from dummy half, Amone one side, Sullivan the other, and Sloan at the back. Yeah. But I also question with Molo... Woods, George Boyd, Burgess, etc. What you go for is going to be like. George, prior to the hip, and I didn't see him in England, was great, but that's a huge surgery. That's no yes. guarantee. Frank Molo's best and worst are few and far between, and he got benched the back end of the year by the Cowboys. Even a sewer. Sewer's best days outstanding, but South benched him and only brought him back into the fold at the back end of the year. I know he played in the grand final, but Wayne Bennett had him out of the 17 for the majority of the year. Yeah. So there's a few there that I scratched my head, and they've also. Signed Sully before Griffin. He backflipped, stayed at Manly. Now they've signed him. They've got a huge investment now in Lomax and Sully. Yeah. A lot of money in two centres. Yeah, in a position that's importance is dwindling, I would say. Mm. So, uh, interesting to see, but more particularly that spine and then, yeah, Maguire, Woods, in by for two years. Like that one. What's that? I look at that and go, is he going to block one of these guys at half? Are they going to give him time at fullback? Is yeah. he your 14? Have they like, sort him as a half, though? I don't know. 
two years. Because I don't think he's a half. That's what I mean. I, I think a few of Dragons fans are more worried again that some of these kids are going to get blocked out. So Go somewhere else. In, even though they've got a few of them under contract. Um, and the other thing I'm hearing is they're pushing for Jack Bird to play in the back row, which I think is a mistake. He played centre last year. I thought he was good to start with, but he still looks a bit underdone. I think going from centre to back row is a big jump, in particular defensively. Yeah. Um, with the injury history he's had, I don't think him playing back row makes much sense. Yeah. But His body shape probably serves as a back row. Sims is going to be one back row, obviously, but that was another position last year they couldn't get out. Yeah. He had Kerr there. Way too big. Good in attack. Good to isolate halves with, but terrible hands. Doesn't really run lines. Got caught out defensively. Jackson Ford, been given a couple opportunities there. Hasn't really flourished. You've got Sewer, who will definitely play the other edge now at Sims, but again, the year after. You've now tapped Sims on the shoulder, so what's your plan? Yeah. If it's to push Bird in there now, we'll get him in like a lock roll. DeBellin then goes in the middle rotation. If DeBellin goes into a prop rotation, well, then what did you sign Woods, George, and Molo for? Like, you know, I'm... Still questioning a little bit of what's going on. Yep. So, there you go. But that pretty much sums up what's been happening. We obviously had a fair bit of the bigger stuff early on, uh, a little bit of all the signing news and the madness. I'm really interested, like I said, to see what happens with the Dolphins. I think there'll be more activity during the year than what there is right now. There'll be a couple of names that obviously, uh, you know, I think bail or try to get on board and go up there. I've already thrown one in the works off the top of my head. I think Benny Hunt might be someone that, Somehow yeah, ends up. Depending on how the dragons go. Yeah, I just look and think. I was thinking of Queenslanders. I'm like, who's a Queenslander somewhere that it just looks like it's, you know, maybe getting a bit stale or someone they might push out. And Ben Hunt was one of the first names that sort of come to my head yeah. with those kids there and what's going on. I don't know. That's just my own little nugget that I've thrown out there. Opinion. Could be completely wrong, but he was one of the first ones I kind of looked at and thought, that makes sense to me. But there you go. Hopefully, uh, if you're an Eels fan, you're doing well. I know a few at work that aren't doing very well. Yeah. Bad luck. Some Dogs fans that are very excited. Some Tigers fans that are getting excited. And, uh, yeah. It's pre-Christmas. Settle down. Fair bit to go, but I guess for now, enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your New Year. Hope you're all staying safe and uh, enjoying your freedom since things have changed a fair bit since the last time. We recorded a podcast, and uh, I know some people would like weekly podcasts to sort of continue, but thought it would be better off to let a bit of this unfold, and a hell of a lot has unfolded since we obviously stopped. And in the new year, again, we'll do what we always do. We'll come back with a huge preview podcast, look at the squads in depth, we'll let the pre-season unfold, the trials, wait until we get through and see who's healthy, who's had some injuries, because there's no doubt something always changes. We learnt that the hard way the first few years when we recorded a bit earlier. Someone would get suspended, fired, put in jail, tear an ACL, and it throws everything out straight away. So uh, unless there's some big dramatic event in between now and then, Boxhead, that'll most likely be our return. Yep. Our big pre-season preview for all 16 NRL clubs. But for now, again, I hope everyone's staying safe. Hope you're all enjoying your freedom. Hope you have a fantastic Christmas and New Year. And uh, fingers crossed that we come into 2022 a much more positive year, get to enjoy our football, get to go to the games, and it's another absolute corker season. But uh, for now, I can't say enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league, but have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.